This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. Jimmy Dugan. So, you know, get to the gondola... I'm, you know, I got mountain biking gear on. I only have, you know, I have a, a bike helmet, um, not a full face one. And so they put you in the gondola and I put a couple guys in there that look like they're about to go to war. They have, you know, full face masks, uh, chest protectors, you know, a little neck brace thing behind there. And so, you know, I'm, uh, I'm chatting it up with these guys. You know, I, I was more planning on kind of doing some mellow single track and these guys were like hey you know come do a run with us the first thing i said was as long as i don't need to get air i'm doc and this is the john freaking mirror pod Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail, dirt bags and hiker trash. I'm Doc and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest. We have a real treat tonight because we are talking to some family members. 
which I'm not sure is actually legit or not, but we're going to go with it. So welcome to the John freaking Muir pod, my two nephews, Matthew and Nick. How's it going, guys? Hey, oh, how's it going? Good, good. Now let's, uh, let's talk about how exactly we're related. So my wife, Mrs. Doc, she has a brother uh, who Matthew is the son of, and she also has a sister whom Nick is the son of. So you guys are cousins and you're my nephews. Correct. Yeah. Did I get that right? Yeah. So far, so, so good. good. So far, so good. Oh, look at the lighting here. I was in a rush. You guys, you guys rushed me to get started on this. Moved up the time and oh, there we go. There we go. Lighting is proper now. All right. Oh, now so, we can do it. There you go. So <laughs> how, how old are you guys? Matthew, you go first. I'm 32 years old. 32 years old. And Nick? 30. 30. So safe to say you guys, you guys have known each other for most of you, for most of your lives. You probably don't remember an existence without each other. I think that's safe to assume. Safe to say. Longer than I care to have known him. Okay. <laughs> and you know, I know you guys are cousins, but how would you describe your relationship to our listeners here? Have you want to take this one? <laughs> Sure. Uh, Nick is like the little brother I never wanted or asked for, but uh, he's coming back. (laughs) No, Nick, uh, Nick and I have had a really close relationship, more like friends than uh, family. We always kind of done stuff together growing up, camping, hanging out, showing each other what not to do. So partners in crime since the beginning. Yes. And actually the focus for this episode falls into that category, right? Showing each other what not to do. We're going to be talking about the incident tonight. And I don't want to give too much away right at the start. I want you to stay tuned in because you're not going to want to miss the incident. And I'm not going to say at this time, which one of these two, or maybe both of them was part of the incident. You have to stay stay tuned in, listen in and and figure it out. But uh, here on the podcast, usually we go by trail names. So I think this may be the first time either one of you have called me Doc. It's usually Uncle Uncle something or other. But uh, in all of your outdoor adventuring out there, have you picked up a nickname or a trail name? There's a particular tradition with the American Long Trails that people get assigned trail names out there on the trail, um, usually based on maybe where you're from or something funny that happened to you or maybe uh, some peculiarity uh, of yours. Uh, any any nicknames or trail names? Yeah. Um, so mine, I go by the uh, Great White Arrow, and that was uh, coined uh, to me really just because I stick head first to mountains. So that that's where I got a uh, got my nickname or my trail name. Great White Arrow, you stick head first in the mountains. Is that what you said? Yes, more times than I care to count. Okay. All right. And that might play into, into some tales later on tonight. How about you, Matthew? I don't have a trail name. Um, you know, if you'd like to call me Maverick or boss or captain, that's fine, but no, no trail name. I try to avoid getting extracurricular names given to me. Cause that, that could be a sign of trouble, you know, as indicated by Nick's trail name. <laughs> Exactly. Sounds yeah. that. Way. Yeah. How about how about like goose or 
ice or you seem like you had a, a maverick theme there war daddy <laughs> yeah you know like anything uh they some people refer to me as the real mike tyson you know it just depends on the day i've never heard anybody call you that before oh no, well see okay hey have either of you guys had a chance to listen to the podcast before i mean i am your uncle we're going on close to 200 episodes in the podcast. We've been going for a couple of years now. Uh, you know, I've talked about the podcast with you guys. Uh, I've encouraged you to listen. So I'm assuming that you probably have listened to maybe 100, 125, 150 episodes. Oh, yeah, that's about accurate. The over. <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't believe you. <laughs> but have you had a chance to listen to any episodes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Matthew, we'll start with you. Do you have a particular favorite? Um, I like the ones with real dudes like, uh, ginger balls, you know, guys that don't really, uh, nothing. He, t he, he tells you like, like it is, you know, who ginger balls is from your podcast. I feel like I've been friends with that guy and I've never met him in my life. I feel like I know what he looks like too. So that one stuck with me. Yeah. Probably a little bit of ginger in there. And you know, he's been on the podcast three or four times. Which 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 episode did you listen to? What what was happening in the episode? He was on. You were discussing doing part of the John Muir Trail with him and how you meet up with certain people along the way and what types of people you meet up with and the relationships you develop with those people and how you kind of you can keep those relationships. Sometimes you may see him on another trail. Sometimes that may be it. But you know. And, uh, you know, that's you sort of touched on the trail names in that episode, too. So I never knew that that was a thing. Um, and now I know. So i got to get me a trail name. OK, so it sounds like you listened to about 10, the first 10 minutes of the episode. That's OK. I'm, I'm not, not going to put you on the spot. Memory problems. So, yeah. OK. All right. And uh, Great White Arrow, as, as he's known on the podcast, have you, which which episode did you listen to? Well, I think one, I mean, the most recent that I heard that uh, really hit home was how to poop in the woods. You know, that was, I, uh, that was a good one, wasn't it? She was hilarious. It, it is. You know, I, uh, I find myself sometimes in my uh, outdoor activities, you know, having to uh, take care of business. And, you know, the more tips I can get, the better. It's it just building my wealth of knowledge. Okay. All kinds of great stuff you can find here on the podcast. Exactly. Okay, so I asked if you would listen. I recommend, actually recommended to, to each of you that you listen to at least one episode so you kind of know the format. But we do have a segment towards the end of the episode called the Pro Tip Inside of the Week. And that's where I will turn to you and ask each one of you to share a bit of trail wisdom or outdoor adventure wisdom that you can share with our listeners to make their, make their next outdoor experience even better. So uh, you're expected to drop some wisdom throughout the episode, but you'll be on the hook. Each of you will be on the hook for the official pro tip insight of the week at the end. All right. All right, no pressure. I'm sweating. Okay. The must bring gear review. Oh, hey guys, you recognize that voice? <laughs> not, the, not the voice. Not the voice here, let's, let's try it again. Listen, listen in real, real, real carefully, here you go. The must bring gear review. Casey, cousin Casey. That's right. Cousin Half Calf. She goes by Half Calf here on the podcast. Okay. Half Calf, your cousin. 
another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, six moon designs. And here's how it works. If you were let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for an outdoor adventure, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So guys, uh, this is also going to give us, give us some insight into what kinds of outdoor activities you're involved in. Guys, what is your must-bring piece of gear? I want to hear an answer from each of you. And, and you can also kind of share what kind of outdoor activity you would use this piece of gear with. I'll go first. I, I would take a knife anywhere with me. Hiking, running, fishing, shooting. I think a knife is like one out of one important to have if you're an outdoorsman. Okay. Or, what kind of knife? Is this a folding knife? Buck knife? Folding uh, knife. Yeah, I don't typically use a fixed blade knife because they take up more space. Just a folding knife that has serrations on it, just in case you have to cut some rope or something or cut an arm off. Yeah. If you're stuck on the side of a mountain and your your partner is, is hanging loose below you, you need to be able to cut that rope and be able to move on. Spare the rope, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great white arrow. What do you have? Merino wool socks. Oh, okay. Merino yeah. wool socks. Yeah, particularly uh, I'm a big fan of uh, smart wool or uh, or darn tough. Mm -hmm. I find uh, that in my outdoor activities, whether it be you know snowboarding, hiking, even fishing, just solid socks that can uh, you're not going to get blisters. They don't slide around too much. Keep your feet warm but cool. That's that's crucial. Yeah, darn tough socks. We've talked about those before on the podcast. Those are those are come up a couple of times have you ever tried in gingy uh socks i have not they're toe socks wool really? toe socks. yeah is that does that have you tried them does that feel weird i've tried them I, I i was a little skeptical but so many people kept mentioning them on the podcast i said i need to give these a try and i've, I've worn them before and and they're great they're great okay i'll give yeah. that a i'll give that a try i've uh, always been a little apprehensive on the toe thing ever since those kind of forget what the toe brand, uh, you know, sandal shoe things are with the Vibram soles, tried those on and stubbed my toe a couple too many times and <laughs> things didn't really work out that great, but definitely I'll give them a try. Yeah. For uh, uh, toe socks. I, I always, you know, pictured those with like 14 year old girls, yep. but I uh, gave it a shot. Rainbow and... color, cotton candy. That's right. That's right. But uh, they were really good. So I, I recommend giving those a try. All right. Okay. It's the Hawking Pole. All right, guys, we're on to our next segment. Cousin Cousin Half Calf says it's uh, it's the hiking pole, and pole is spelled P O L L. It's not it's not like those those things you carry in your hands on a on a hike. This is a a uh, usually it's a seven question survey that helps me determine your level of sanity. I give you a score at the end of this between one and a hundred with 100 being completely sane and one being completely insane. Now, knowing the two of you as well as I do, there's already a 25-point deduction. So the highest score you can achieve is 75. Hey, hey I'm cool right. with C's. Okay. C's good I, all right. So usually it's seven questions, but because I have two of you, um, I have decided that I'm going to ask each of you four questions and the four questions are going to be different from each of you for each of you. Cause I don't want you guys copying each other. Okay. okay. Right, I want original answers, original thoughtful answers, and your explanation of your answers is, is key 
because though I may not agree with your answer, if you justify it the right way, maybe maybe you won't lose as many points. All right, let's do it. So All show right, your we, work. Show your work, exactly. Uh, Matthew, you are the oldest. You're going to go first. All right. Okay, here we go. First question. I mean, I can get my notebook right here. I got to tabulate the scores. Uh, Matthew, do you sleep with your socks on in, in no. regular life? No, never. I'm against it. I don't think it's comfortable. I think that you're lazy if you don't take your socks off and you don't give your feet uh, any breathing. No, no socks to bed. I, mean, I did not expect such strong feelings on question number one. Show your work. Show your work. <laughs> Very. Do you have a strong opinion on most things? Yeah, I would say so. You're not one to kind of equivocate, kind of waffle one way or the other. I mean, you you oh. pick a side and you plant your heels in and say this this is my side that I'm on. Oh, that's right. I will I will die on this hill. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's me. Nothing else. Be committed, right? If you there's something Hold to be said for for taking a stand. No half sends here. Okay. All right. It, it, you know what? This this has nothing to do with the hiking pole. This is a tangential question. Nick, just wait a little bit here for your for your question. But I hear this all the time or I see it on TV shows now. Hey, send it, send it. This is no half send you said, uh Matthew. What, what what's going on with with send? What how do you spell that? Is it like ascend, like you're climbing something or is what, what's the deal? S E N D. Mm -hmm. Send it. Where, where did it come from? What, what is it could the go anywhere? It could come from anywhere. It, I think it came from a Canadian YouTubing snowmobile guy that wears a mullet. And he'd look into the camera and just go, I'm just going to send it. He'd pin it on any jump, no matter how big on his old on his old snowmobile. He'd crash like evil Knievel every time. And he'd get up and he'd go. I don't care. I'm still going to send it. So I think, I think that was the origin of send it. And now to go all the way is a full send to half asset is a half send. So. All right. Knowing you, like I do, I'm not sure if I trust that there is a Canadian snowmobiler with a mullet out there that popularized this particular phrase. Nick, do you believe him? You know, I think I think he's accurate. It, it was that really? or uh, or uh, yeah. I, I I think if I remember correctly, or uh, Larry. I, think and I also heard uh, the great uh, late great Shane McConkie say that as well. Okay, you know Matthew, I'm, my my uh, YouTube search history is is going to include Canadian snowmobiler snow, snowmobiler with a mullet in in the near future. So I'm gonna that's I'm gonna have to check your work. I encourage it. Okay. All right. Uh, great white spear. No, great white arrow. Great white arrow. Your question, your first question. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Absolutely. Again, no hesitation. No hesitation. I am uh, a strong proponent of a good Hawaiian pizza. You get the, you get the saltiness from the bacon, a little bit of sweet, just hits the palate right. I like to be polarizing in my pizza choices, and that's where I uh, I stand firm. Okay, and does Mrs. Great White Arrow does she hold the same opinion about pineapple on pizza? Absolutely not. That's why they make oh. them in halves. House divided. 
The house divided. Okay, good. All right. Question number two for Matthew. Staying in the food theme, is a hot dog a sandwich? No, a hot dog is not a sandwich. What is your definition? What is your definition of sandwich? A sandwich has two separate slices of bread with meat in the middle of it. Not one uniform thing that you split and throw a wiener inside. That's a hot dog. Okay. So it's the hinge. It's the bread hinge that uh, that makes you say that. Yeah. Because like, I guess a Philly cheesesteak is a sandwich, but has a hinge, right? That was, you, you beat me to my next point. You, you are uh, anticipating my next move. And a Philly cheesesteak is a steak sandwich. A hot dog is still not a sandwich. Final answer. Final answer. Is it the cylindrical nature of the meat that makes it not a sandwich then? That's part of it. That's 50% of it. What? <laughs> you could eat. That you can eat the contents of a hot dog just as well without a bun. You can eat a hot dog without a bun. Uh, to eat a sandwich without the bun is a whole situation. So is it because it's a singular piece of cylindrical meat? There's only one of it, right? You can eat it without the, without the bun. You're saying that a, a sandwich typically has more than one item right? It's kind of a, a stack of items or a conglomeration of items. Yeah, but I'm going to go with mostly the hinge. I'm going with my first thought. It's the hinge. Not a Even sandwich. though a hoagie or a Philly cheesesteak also has a hinge. That doesn't matter to you. Correct. Outlier. Not. Doesn't count. Okay. All right. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but we're going to, we're going to go on to our second question for the Great White Arrow. Uh, Netflix or YouTube? Ooh. Let's say Netflix. That, okay. You, normally, I'm pretty. Uh, I have a lot of conviction in my answers, but you know, can go both ways here. But I, I'm going to go with Netflix. Okay, and why is that? Why Netflix over YouTube? Longer episodes, maybe. Uh, ease of access on my TV. You know, I'm usually horizontal or. You know, laying like a, a French girl on my couch. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's I got one of those Roku remotes. It's just one button click, you know, versus having to search for something on YouTube. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of <laughs> like a French girl. I'm thinking of the the painting by the masters uh, back in the day of the volup- voluptuous uh, near naked women reclining on the couch. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Okay, that's an image I did not need. Uh, great I've white seen arrow. It. It's, it's almost identical to that. <laughs> yeah, it's a cunning resemblance. Okay, Netflix it is then. Question number three, Matthew, your most useful skill in the case of a zombie apocalypse? Ooh, <laughs> easy. Uh, I think I'd shoot them all down. Yeah, the you only, uh, shooting skills. I think, I, I think uh, my marksmanship is up to a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. My training up to this point has been geared towards that. And I don't think zombies really want a piece of this, you know? So, yeah, I would shoot them all down. 
Okay, so you you would use a firearm, not your your folding knife, not your folding knife that you take on running running events and too close. You got to get too close to use a knife. That's last last ditch effort. Last, yeah, use a gun. You You can't risk you can't risk the bite. Can't risk the bite. Use a gun. Shoot straight. Shoot smart. No bow and arrows. That's BS. TV makes you think you can use a bow and arrow against zombies. You're not going to use a bow and arrow against zombies. Okay. Pistol or rifle? Pistol or rifle? Rifle. 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 Okay. So shoot them from distance then. You know what? I'd go with a shotgun because you could get spray with, with shot or you can use a slug, which you could take out a bear with a slug. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of, with a shotgun, you could spray maybe five, six zombies at a time. Okay. And with a slug, you... you could hit them from further. So I go shotgun. Okay. And do you do any kind of uh, shooting practice on the regular? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I do a little bit of competitive shooting, not super high level, but we call them fun shoots. Three gun stuff: uh, rifle, pistol, shotgun. Timed events up at this little gun club I'm in, and. Uh, so that's the experience that I would take to the end of the world. Okay. Follow-up question. Who Who's better at the range, you or Mrs. Doc's brother? Who is your father? Oh, not even close. I'm the man. <laughs> I hope he's listening. <laughs> send him the link. Okay. I'll send him the link. He can, he can weigh in with a, a review and a comment. All right. Hey, uh, Great White Arrow, here's your third question. Which is the better superpower, invisibility or flying? Ooh, I have to go flying. Yeah, flying it is. Really, I mean, it's just, you know, invisibility is great, but, you know, I can get where I want to be fast. You know, something about being in the air, soaring, you know, if I, uh, if there's a powder day, uh, you know, up in Tahoe, I don't have to deal with a, you know, a three and a half hour drive. I'm, I'm there, you know, board, board attached to the back, ready to go. Now, I didn't say you were a fast flyer. I mean, you, you could be flying at two miles an hour. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, physics. I'm just going to say physics. The great white arrow does not glide. Oh, nice. Great white arrow. I can see I it. Gracefully it's soar. almost... That's almost like a superhero name anyway, right? Great yeah. White Arrow. Exactly. Up there with Superman. <laughs> All right, Matthew, last question for you. All right. Best fry shape, skinny, thick, waffle, or curls? Thick. Thick like fries. A, like a thick... Like the kind they used to sell at Fat Burger? Yeah. Yeah. A big fry. Big fat Not, steak fry. Big fat steak fry. I'm okay with the I'm okay with waffle cut. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm not going with waffle over like properly fried big fat fries. Big fat fries. Okay. Keep skinny fries. You can have a skinny fry. <laughs> okay. And great white arrow. Last question for you. Should right. the person in the middle seat of an airplane get both armrests? 
Yes. And uh, my reasoning behind this is uh, experience. So uh, this is Great White Arrow is a big uh, window seat person. Um, you know, and so I find myself in uh, the middle seat a lot of time because it's, it's very awkward to have a, a stranger in between, you know, a husband and wife. And so, you know, while I try to be conscientious, sometimes long flight, you know, I'm a, I'm a bigger guy. Sometimes the elbows just kind of slip. And, you know, the best though that I had was two separate armrests in a middle seat. That, that was game changing. Okay. Shout out to Swiss Airlines on that one. Now you, you, you have described yourself as, as a uh, bigger. Yeah. Is, is, is Mrs. Great White Arrow? Is she, is she, how would you characterize her size? Um, polar opposite. She's tiny, right? Tiny. She's a small, she, small. I know human. she's probably listening in right now. So, I, if, you know, would she, would she be offended if I said tiny? No. She's, she's smaller stature. Yeah. She yeah. got asked one time at work, uh, if you had to write a, a book what would, about yourself, what would be the title? And hers was a uh, small, but mighty. Okay. Mighty mouse. Yeah. Mighty, or mighty, mighty mouse. There's her trail name. Mighty right? mouse. Done. Done. Exactly. So, I mean, you guys could put up that armrest between your two seats and she could sit on your lap, right? Yeah. But then it's just uncomfortable for both of us. Yeah. Okay. You know, right. when, when I, uh, when I put down the drink table on the plane, it really just somebody laying across your lap, it really gets in the way. Yeah. All right. Hey, let me do some quick math here. We're going to add up your scores. I need to carry the two. Uh, we're going to divide by pi. going to multiply by root seven and we're going to factor in the factor in the terminal, the terminal velocity of the great white arrow flying to Tahoe. And I come up with a couple of interesting scores here. Matthew, on a scale of one to hundred with your highest actually possible score being 75, because I know I know who you are and what you do. Uh, you, you score out at 48. What's 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 insane? One or or higher? One. You're closer, you're closer to insane than sane. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you'd agree with that. Okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And great white arrow. Because of uh, a couple of your comments, I've got you rated at just a point higher, 49. All right. <laughs> so yeah. the next time, the next family gathering we go to, I want to see each of you. Uh, Matthew, you need to have a hat on that has 48 on it. And and Nick, you need to have a hat with 49 on it. Perfect. Just take a, a white t-shirt, write that on there. <laughs> nice. All right. Hey, before we get too far down the trail here, let's, let's back up a little bit. Let's, let's talk about uh, your origin stories, where you guys grew up, brothers and sisters, and what kinds of outdoor activities did your parents involve you in growing up? How, how did you get this uh, penchant for kind of the outdoor adventure activities that you are now involved in? So Matthew, you went first on the hiking pole. We're going to, we're going to let Great White Arrow go first here. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in, uh, in Northridge, California. Um, my outdoors was really stemmed. Uh, my dad really brought me into it a lot. Um, I remember going to Mammoth quite a bit, you know, being in Southern California, we went to Mammoth quite a bit. A lot of fishing was what I really kind of grew up with doing outside of, you know, the normal 
kind of team sports. Um, and then I think I was about eight years old when I first started snowboarding. And so that was, uh, something we did quite a bit. I took a little pause from that, uh, in my high school years and college, just, you know, ease of getting to the mountains. And then after college, uh, you know, picked it back up again and started going quite a bit. I think I got about 35 days in this last season, um, snowboarding and then mountain biking was something I kind of picked up to, uh, you know, cure the summer itch of, of being up on the mountains. Okay. Any, any siblings? Yeah. got a, a, a brother. Uh, he is a Navy helicopter pilot, um, graduated from the Naval Academy. He's, uh, out flying helicopters, best job in the world. Um, and then I have a, uh, a stepsister who lives in San Diego, who's, uh, a year younger than me. Okay. And what do you, what do you do to pay the bills currently? I am a, uh, investment portfolio manager. Okay. If I had, if I had a portfolio, I'd, I'd let you manage it for me. But, uh, unfortunately, you know, I just, I live paycheck to paycheck. It's probably better that way. I think so. Don't want don't want to mix family, uh, and money. That's right. That's right. All right, Matthew, how about you? Where'd you grow up? Siblings, what kinds of outdoor activities did your parents expose you to? I have a little sister. We grew up in Simi Valley. She's she's almost three years younger than me. Uh, lives in Santa Monica, works for Ring. Um, Ring, was the, a, the doorbell company? Yeah, the doorbell company. Basically, doorbell company. Yep, she's a doorbell woman. Mm -hmm. um, so... <laughs> Does she install them or? No, not an installer. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't imagine she's too great with a screwdriver. Um, I grew up in Simi Valley. My dad exposed me to a little bit of everything growing up. So earliest team sport, baseball, then a little bit of soccer, then recreational water polo, basketball, um, I rode motorcycles, quads. I raced shifter carts. Uh, I, I've been exposed to a little bit of everything, wakeboarding, water skiing. Um, I guess in that sense, I am an outdoorsman, but I'm not, maybe not in the sense of like a, uh, like a true trailsman or like an overnight hiker. I, I enjoy being outside. I enjoy outside activity more than any type of indoor uh, exercise. But yeah, I've just done a little bit of everything growing up. And I think probably motorcycle, dirt bike riding in the desert, the Mojave Desert, was the most independent and real experience of like being an outdoorsman on your own. Like a sense of, you know, your bike breaks, your shift lever breaks, you're 50 miles away from the car. It's hot. It may be getting dark. What do you do? You got to improvise. You got to survive. You're not going to lay down and die. So I guess that was probably desert motorcycle and trail motorcycle riding and racing kind of, I guess, gave me a little bit of that uh, outdoor chest hair. Okay. And that, uh, that sounds like a complete uh, separate episode that we could do. Sure. That whole situation of being 50 miles from the car with, you know, sun, uh, the sun going down. Been there, done it. Be nice. happy to Save that for another episode. We're going to come okay. back to that eventually. Good. All right. And what do you do to pay the bills these days? I'm a salesman for a uh, heating and air conditioning manufacturer. They make controls and I, uh, I sell them. And you so, have some exciting news coming up here. 
Yeah, I'm expecting a baby girl here in uh, December. So you're barely showing right now. Yeah, oh, you should see. <laughs> you don't have a good angle. <laughs> yeah, keep the camera above, above from neck neck above. So there you go. Basically placed. Believe me. Okay. All right. Hey, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna get to what you've all been waiting for, and that is the incident. Stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water. Using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your pod podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We are here tonight talking to the Great White Arrow and the newly anointed from his last story, the newly anointed chest hair about the incident. And so, you know, we, we kind of teased the audience with this, uh, you know, about this incident. We were actually at the five year anniversary of the incident this week, five years ago, the incident took place. And so I'm hoping that five years has been enough time for the two of you to fully recover and be able to process what actually happened out there. You guys, you guys feeling okay? Like you can talk about it tonight? I can. Took a while, but I can. Well, yeah. You know, oh, you know trauma is a tough thing, Doc. Um, I think I'm going to be able to get through it. Let's go. Okay. And I've, I've said now probably for at least a year that you guys need to come on the podcast and talk about this particular incident because I've heard this incident relayed 
quite a few times. And every single time someone cannot get the words out because they're laughing so hard or they're about to pass out because they just can't get any more air in from, from the laughter. So yeah. I'm expecting a similar performance tonight. No pressure on you guys, but uh, you know, we built this up pretty big. I don't want to disappoint the listeners. We don't want to do that. Best. Okay. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's set the stage here. Where exactly did the incident take place and why were you guys up there? I'll, I'll take this one. Okay. Um, my family takes an annual trip up to a cabin in Lake Tahoe that's on the water. Family, friends, been generous enough to let us use it. Slip with the boat. Uh, we go up there for usually about a week. And it's is it a cabin or is it a, is it a compound? It's more of a cabin. It's uh, more of a cabin. It's, uh, it's like a hybrid condo cabin. It's, okay. It's cabin for me. Um, so we go up every year and we do a lot of water skiing, hiking, you know, just enjoy the lake, the scenery. And uh, so that's where this, that's where the scene is set. And uh, I think Nick may have weaseled the great white arrow may have weaseled his way into this trip. I think the phone call or the text was, Hey, what do you got? Are you guys in Tahoe? And I'm not doing anything basically. So Long story short, Castley's up here, the Great White Arrow, uh, shows up to do a little water skiing with us, but brings a mountain bike with him. Big Red. Big Red. We, uh, that day, we go water skiing. All of us are water skiing, having a good time. The Great White Arrow is saving his energy. He has a mission later in the day. And I didn't quite understand what, how serious this mission was. Nick wanted to ride North Star on his bike from the top to the bottom for the chairlift. So he had to save his energy. And North Star is what? Nick, explain North Star as a snowboard. North Star is a, a ski resort um, kind of in the, uh, the Truckee area of, of Tahoe. A ski resort, and they have, you know, probably one of the, the best mountain bike chairlift assisted mountain bike parks in California outside of my, outside of my, uh, my favorite of mammoth. But uh, yeah, they, they, uh, you could send it there. You can sit, there we go again, send it. And so if you are, if you're going to leave Tahoe and you're going to go to Truckee, if you go North of Tahoe to Truckee, you'll pass North star, North star ski resort is uh, along that road. Yeah. Like you get off, uh, Highway 80, kind of going, I guess, north or uh, northeast and get off. I believe it's like 267. It's a little bit, uh, I think, northeast of uh, Palisades, Tahoe, formerly Squaw Valley. Um, so pretty close. Okay. So chest hair is, he's water skiing or waterboarding or wakeboarding. Well, no, I guess not waterboarding. That's illegal. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a war crime now. There's no, there's no waterboarding. So while you're while you're doing your wakeboarding and, and water skiing what what is the great white arrow doing he's conserving his energy on the boat i believe he was stretching um envisioning uh the things one does before a a major downhill event a major downhill event i that that's also a major contender for the title of this episode okay so what, what what happens next? 
So the great white arrow tried to convince me and my other friend who was there to, he was going to pay for us to rent us downhill mountain bikes as well. I've raced motorcycles, done wild off-road stuff my whole life. I knew I didn't want any piece of going down this hill. I knew it was not for me or my friend. Very nice offer. I will pass. Thank you. So our plan was, okay, we'll drive you there. You do your biking and we'll hike the cat tracks, you know, kind of a mellow fire roadie type walk. Um, okay. So I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to okay, stop you there. Yeah. The great white arrow is dropped off. Uh, I'm going to let you take it from here. Great white arrow and take us to the top of the mountain. Yeah. I, I mean, the one thing I would say before that is there's a little bit of buildup before we get to the top of the mountain. Um, okay. specifically a key part of this was we went in my car and, uh, chest hair said, give me your keys. So he wanted control of the car and uh, we get in the parking lot and another guy was nice enough to give me his lift ticket off his, uh, his waist. So save me a little dough, you know, I wasn't going to complain. No one's going to pass up, uh, you know, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. And so it's raining. We're uh, kind of waiting around, you know, the, the gondola had stopped to take you up there. So we go into North Star Village and decide to get a couple beers until, you know, I think we had about three, maybe four. And all of a sudden, you know, got the notification, the gondola is up and running. And so. So you had a couple of beers, three yep. or four. I'm not sure that's a couple, but three or four. And I'm hoping that the authorities in North Star, Truckee or Tahoe are not listening in. Uh, and doing a, a search for the true identity of the great white arrow who is using somebody else's lift ticket. But go ahead. Yeah, well, uh, we we'll refrain from using last names in this uh, in this podcast. Too late. Um, so, you know, get to the gondola. I'm, you know, I got mountain biking gear on. I only have, you know, I have a, a bike helmet, um, not a full face one. And so they put you in the gondola and I put a couple guys in there that look like they're about to go to war. They have, you know, full face masks, uh, chest protectors, you know, a little neck brace thing behind there. Something out of a Tom Clancy movie. Exactly. Or, yeah, Tom Clancy, maybe a, a metal militia, you know, motorcycle thing. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, uh, I'm chatting it up with these guys. You know, I, I was more planning on kind of doing some mellow single track. And these guys were like, hey, you know, come do a run with us. The first thing I said was, as long as I don't need to get air. <laughs> well, that was my famous last words. Um, this is on four beers. They, they asked you to come. Four beers. And, and, and this you is over, that, you know, two hours beforehand. So let's, this, uh, you know, being responsible. Okay. Relatively. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going we're gonna to stop it there. You're, you're now at, so, you're at some point of the mountain. Uh, with yeah. these two guys who have invited you to go on a run with them. What has been your, your mountain biking experience up to this point in your life? Um, what, what, what would you describe it as? Uh, I would say, you know, amateur. 
Amateur. No, definitely amateur. I would say light duty recreation. Yeah. With okay. a serious normally, point. normally I have to pedal up to go back down, so I don't get the luxury uh, of of taking a lift assisted. You know, uh, was this was this your first lift ride with a mountain bike? No, I've uh, I've done it a few times at Mammoth prior. Okay, all right. So now we've got uh, the Great White Arrow up with his mountain bike and and two guys who have invited him to go go on a run with them. Uh, Chester, take it from here. Okay, so also three beers deep, but I'm slowly walking up cat tracks at this point. Kind of beautiful weather, almost like a coffee stroll, if you will. The whole walk, me and my other friend are looking up at this gondola like, please, dear God, don't let the great white arrow go past like the first stage, which was like you could do double backflips on this part of it for sure. But we knew that he kept going. And this was like, this is like when you're like six and you look at the, a drop ride that your dad's making you go on for the first time. And it's just like, it's all sorts of, it's all sorts of fear, right? So walking up, no more than 10 minutes later, there are sirens, ambulances. I looked immediately at my friend and almost with certainty said, the great white arrow may have crashed. It turns out the great white arrow had crashed. Um, I knew this because he called me from his phone or I thought it was him. No, his thumbprint called me from an ambulance that opened his phone, called the last person in his phone, which was me, and says, hey, do you know this guy? And I said, yeah, like, this is not Nick's voice. This is not the Great White Arrow's voice. You know, this, this is not good. He goes, oh. He goes, I go, oh, what happened? He goes, well, your friend took a bit of a spill. And I go, you know, I – what degree of spill could there be? Like you could fly off a mountain or you could like break your wrist and be in pain. Right. Are we to assume this is a, this is a doctor or a paramedic calling from the back of the ambulance in the ambulance on the way to Nick will tell you about the hospital. Great white arrow will tell you about the hospital. I go, typically I would think a paramedic or EMT would try to keep you at ease. If something like this happened, I said, what type of shape is he in? And the guy's response was, ah! like, not, he's stable. He's, you know, we're going to ride this out. It was, ah. it's like, uh, was too, it. too, it's too soon to tell. Not, no, it wasn't no. that, it was that. It was an, ah, like, I don't have, I wasn't taught the words in my job to describe this situation to you. Um, I think now might be a a good time for for the Great White Arrow to take over. I'm curious to know if you remember any of that. Like the like so Great White Arrow, are you are you conscious in the in the back of the ambulance? When do you when do you regain consciousness? I have 
big memories. I don't think I even remember the run. I have a slight memory of being on the back of one of those, uh, you know, ATV, like rhino things that had a flatbed. And I have a vague memory of that and saying, here's my thumb, call the last person I called. Okay. So, so you, so you, you were on the gondola. You remember that you remember yeah. the two guys asking you to join them. Yep. And you said, as long as I don't get air, you remember that. Yep. And then what is the last thing you remember before waking up on the back of a rhino? I remember getting off the gondola, getting on the bike and seeing, saying, all right, where's the run? And I see these guys take off and they hit just a map. Like this is the run we're supposed to do. And they just hit a massive jump. And I was like, all right, I, you know, I, I think I can maybe like roll over it, you know, maybe wiggle around it. There, there's a little bit of breathing room on the side. Um, Would you say that this was the first jump on the trail? I Yes. If I remember correctly, I think it's the first jump. Okay. Okay. Now piecing it together afterwards from what you've been told, what, what, what do you, what is your understanding of what happened? What caused the accident and what did the accident look like? Um, I think the simplest way to put it would be yard sale. Um, I, uh, I, I think I just, you know, got a little, little ambitious. Um, these guys said it wasn't going to be, wasn't going to be too hard, you know, and at, at the end of the day, all you do is lean backwards and worse comes to worse, you kick your bike out and hopefully land on your feet. Um, but I think I was so excited that I went over the handlebars um, and there's a little bit of evidence to, you know, from my, my gear and apparel that would hint to that because my helmet was entirely caved in. So I saw the jump just to, to paint a little bit better of a picture. It was a downhill tabletop, but with a pretty good size lip and downhill. So it, you must've been doing 30 when you hit it. And I saw where he landed, too, on the way down, like the helmet and bike marks and everything. He probably overshot the jump by 25 feet, maybe. And it looked like straight bars went in. So. Okay. Sticking to the full send. Full send. It was not okay. a half send. Okay. So, Great White Arrow, you're, you're now at the hospital. Uh, chest hair. Do you want to pick up where you, you entered the hospital, how you got to the hospital uh, and, and what you saw there? So sure. So actually on the way down to get to Nick, we got caught in the most torrential hailstorm I've ever witnessed in my life. So the only refuge was like in the gondola area, you know, and we're all kind of huddled in there. So a rush to get to the great white arrow, but hail that could paralyze you so we waited that out for about an hour um soaking wet jump in the car drive to the hospital from there um get to the hospital wet shoes making the swamp sound going in me and my buddy took our shoes off we waited for a little while doctor comes out and uh, here's the rap sheet of damage. 
two broken wrists, a punctured lung, eight broken ribs, a concussion, a possible embolism like from his neck going. There was like they had to put a stint in his neck. What else too? Well, his wrists were blown out like softballs. Like, so when he hit, his front tire hit first with both of his hands fully gripped to the bike, which blew his wrists out. So I, so when they finally wheeled him out, he looked like a, uh, what do you call it? A marionette with his fingers and steel traps held above his head. They already had him on so much morphine. He's like laughing. I'm like, how do you laugh with eight broken? He's like, hey, chest hair, can you can you ask him for some pain meds? And I'm like, yeah, I'll ask him. But I mean, you know, I, I asked the nurse. She's like, he's like maxed out times 10 on morphine. Like, that's the most we could give you. Like, yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not really feeling it at all, you know? So we're watching him just lay there just smiling and then more results start coming in more break and mrs uh mrs great white arrow has no idea what's what's uh happening at the time um chest hair ends up sending a a text to her of a photo of me in a hospital bed with a neck brace and cast it up and she has no context first but uh you live and you learn um, okay, so everybody that was coming into this hospital that Nick was in, that uh, the Great White Arrow was in, was coming from the same downhill situation that the Great White Arrow came in. The funny part was these people with broken legs, broken arms, collarbones, concussions, not on their own two feet, they saw Nick. And they said, all of them said, that guy messed up bad. And these were guys that were messed up bad. And they were like, as long as I'm not that guy. They saw, they all saw his crash too. Apparently a lot of them did. And it was, it was spectacular apparently. What about the guy with the broken femur? Yeah, so a guy... uh, like like uh, the arrow said, uh, a lot of metal militia looking guys. Like you know, really like you know, like uh, no no stereotype, but very hard tatted, big loop earring, like tough guys. You know, who ride uh-huh. bike hard. This guy had a broken femur getting wheeled in, and he's just like this this guy. I've never seen anything like that in my life. He tells us, and 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 he's in good spirits. And it was it was a and, and it was the next person and the next person and the next person all from the same hill. Yeah, you have to imagine that a guy with a broken femur. I mean, that's that's one of the most painful bones in your body that you're going to break a broken femur. And that guy gets wheeled in, and he sees he sees the great white arrow over there, and he he's saying to people, you know, I broke my femur, but at least I'm not that guy. That was the sentiment. That was the. Uh... That was the feeling. All right. So great white arrow, uh, take it from there. I mean, what, uh, what was your recovery like? 
Um, yeah. So, uh, so I was in Truckee hospital, um, not a, a major trauma center, you know, but can cast up some things. And I got transferred over to the Reno hospital. And, you know, my first memory of being in the Reno hospital was I get put in a big room, like a, you know, a single room with like some glass sliding doors and some curtains. And I'm in the middle of the room by myself, like dark. And so I somehow, I don't know how I got my phone, but I, I managed to like get coherent enough to where I was, you know, texting my, I mean, now wife, uh, you know, what was going on. And so I was going to be in Reno hospital for a while. So she drives up um, with her dad, they come up and, you know, he brings her up to the Reno hospital. So about like three and four hours. And I'm in the Reno hospital for a total of, I think, five days. And each one of those days, I was like, just so antsy to get out of there. I had a guy next to me that I was sharing a room with that thought he was on vacation. He thought this was like Club Med or the Ritz Carlton, you know, blasting TV till super late at night. When you got broken ribs, you can't really sleep that well. And so I had to keep doing and a punctured lung. So I had to do this, you know, breathing thing to, to make sure that my lungs were strong enough. And so, you know, kind of fast forward uh, to the night before I'm supposed to leave. I think it's like 2.30 a.m. And I'm pacing around the hospital with my breathing apparatus, just angry, like, get me out of here, get me out of here. And they're like, well, you're not bringing it up to like the level that you need to be. Um, and luckily my wife was like, well, you know, we don't live at altitude. We're at like, you know, I don't know, five, 6,000 feet here. And he's got a punctured lung. You think that's got anything to do with it? Long story short, you know, I get discharged. I come home, um, ended up, uh, I got put under surgery there that turns out they didn't need to do surgery. So went under, and then I had a follow-up appointment with the orthopedic surgeon back at home. And it turns out they did need to do surgery. So my right wrist, I've got a plate in there with, you know, six or eight screws that looks like a T-bar holding my wrist in place. Uh, ribs healed. Um, wrist stronger. I'd like to consider myself like Iron Man. Does it get in the way of your, your beer drinking? You still have no, to lift it, that? it really helps. Okay. You know, good. I keep a straight, sturdy wrist. I can lift heavier heavier liters of beer. Nice. Now who, who was your, obviously with two broken wrists at the same time, that's going to pose problems in certain areas. I'm thinking, you know, bathroom visits. Did, did, uh, did you have a, a, a close friend to assist you in, in what needed to be done? You know, I had a, luckily my, my wife was, was there to support me. Um, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy what she went through, but you know, you she wasn't your wife. She wasn't your wife at the time, right? She wasn't. No. Right. And, and she Material. still, she still married you. She did. Wow. She is a saint. She, you know, she is, I wouldn't be the man I am today without her. Uh, Mrs. Great white arrow, mighty mouse. Uh, fantastic job. I don't know how you did it. Yeah. But I mean, to your point, you know, one of the things that did occur and, 
I can probably share some photos was, you know, I work in a job where I'm, uh, you know, trading, managing large sums of money. Well, I work on a computer and, and that's really hard to type when your hands are completely casted together. But after a week of, you know, recovery, I couldn't sit home any longer. So I was like, I'm going to go into the office. So I'm, you know, wearing dress shirts, slacks, uh, two casts and typing single finger like this. And uh, that's when my bosses knew this guy's dedicated. That's what, that's when the promotion came, and, you know, that, you, yeah. you hit one, you hit the wrong decimal point. I mean, that could be, that could be disastrous. Yeah. Fat fingering a trade is a, uh, is, is a real thing. That could have been your, your trail name. <laughs> Fat finger. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So five years on the incident, any lasting uh, ill effects from the injury? No, you know, I was back on a bike <laughs> a month and a half later. I, I got some little wrist guards and just started riding again. And so I didn't let, didn't let it keep me down. That was in August and I, uh, I was snowboarding again in early December of that, of that year. So Let's say I always wear a helmet. It's it's kind of baffling the number of people that asked, were you wearing a helmet when mountain biking? I mean, I kind of assume that goes without saying. I'm not, you know, Tom Cruise in a, you know, Top Gun where he's riding around San Diego without a helmet, but no, you're not. Mind. <laughs> Chester, have you noticed any diminished mental capacity on the part of the Great White Arrow as a result of the concussion? Oh, man. Whew. I don't know how he showers, you know, it's life must be rough. Uh, drool cups get expensive after a while, you know, staring off into space can be tough, but you know, ignorance is bliss and we're just keeping him. We're keep, we're keeping him. We're keeping him. All right. All right. Hey, I'm glad I had you guys on to relate the incident. So all of our listeners could can enjoy that story as well. Guys, you know where we are? Devil's post pile. Oh, no, I'm not talking about the background. (laughs) No, we are the pro tip insight of the week at that time of the episode where you get to share some trail wisdom, some outdoor adventure wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. Yes, it is time for the pro tip insight of the week. Now, uh, Great White Arrow, I think you went first last time. So chest hair, what is your pro tip for our listeners? I would say this, and I think it may seem obvious, but I'm going to go in. I'm going to say be hydrated with electrolytes before you do stuff. I've made the mistake of trying to uh, make up hydration as you go. And that's the form of bonking on a long bicycle ride. I used to do centuries. I've ran long running races before. Hydrate the day, the week before. Use hydration tablets, get your levels up, and then you're prepared. And then keep your hydration up. I use tablets. I don't know. Uh, they're not sponsoring me or anything, but I use noon tablets. Uh, and if it's more serious, like super dehydrated, I'll go with a liquid IV to keep me going. Those are pronounced noon. I've been pronouncing them nun. Yeah, you know what? I might I be know. wrong, and that's why I'm not <laughs> sponsored by them, I guess. <laughs> 
Yeah, stay hydrated. Hydrate ahead of time because it, it is tough to to catch up with hydration once it's, once you're dehydrated. So, pro tip. Fair point there. All right, great white arrow. We are all waiting with bated breath to hear your pro tip, and we're wondering if it's related to the incident. Kind of. Mine is uh, have a good pair of uh, underwear boxers. You never know. I. I you know, I, I was I was in those for uh, under my bike shorts for five days without a change of clothes, and you want to be comfortable. I highly recommend uh, Saks underwear, S A X X. They uh, they keep me cool, comfy, you know, ready to on the long haul. Well, it's it's probably a good thing that you didn't crap yourself uh, while you're unconscious there on the side of the mountain. Yeah, my second tip is to always carry an extra pair or toilet paper. You never know. Yeah. Now, I just want to make sure our listeners understand that you were unconscious and they pulled your phone out. Your phone was locked. They couldn't they couldn't determine who you were or who to call. And so they actually used your unconscious thumb to open up your phone and find out the last person you had called. And that's how they got in touch with chest hair. Yeah, this was before they had the, the face ID iPhones. This was the thumb touch one. And I might have mumbled that and just said, eh, here's my thumb and kind of stuck it in the air with my phone. Um, they might have had it in my pocket. You know, we'll never know, but that's essentially how it worked. Okay. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with the Great White Arrow and Chest Hair. I want to thank them for joining us this week. Guys, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Oh, I'm uh, Nick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Great white arrow. Um, I, uh, I, I don't really do a lot of social media. I kind of try and stay under the radar. Um, have an Instagram account, which I can share maybe in the link, but that might give away my, my true identity that I don't really want North star to find out about in case I want to go back. These guys are so proud. Uh, they're, they're refusing to share their social media accounts. Chester, do you have a social media account? Not really. No, not really. No, it does logging into your wife's account to uh, look at pictures of food count. That does not count. No. Okay. Then no, no. Okay. Sorry. All right. Well, we, we will be sure to post pictures of the two of you and your misadventures on, on the John freaking Muir pods, Instagram account. So Remember to check out the pod on social media. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Hey, you guys know that uh, the doc has a TikTok? Not. Okay, well, you're missing out. You're missing out. If you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamir at gmail.com. The Adventure Media Recommendation. That's right, Half Calf. It's time for the Adventure Media Recommendation. Guys, I'm looking to you to... Uh, share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, website, maybe a YouTube channel that's going to keep our listeners connected to outdoor adventures. We're calling this our adventure media recommendation. I'll need one from each of you. Do you have a movie, a book, documentary, something you can recommend to our listeners? Great White Arrow, what do you have? Uh, I would say my my favorite Instagram account is Snowbrains. One word. Uh, these guys are believe Bay area locals as well. Um, and they live the dream every day. They're, you know, they're hiking up and skiing 180 days a year around the Sierras, you know, in Colorado, great Instagram account. I'll share that with you. Okay. 
Snow brains. How about you, Chester? I think if I look back at all the stuff I've watched for inspiration, for just being outdoors, uh, if you have not seen Valley Uprising, it's maybe one of the most entertaining climbing outdoorsman period piece about, you know, climbing in the 60s on acid and different uh, techniques used throughout time and, you know, coming all up to, you know, free soloing it and the ability to do it without stakes and ropes and stuff. So Valley Uprising, uh, I want to say one more Don Wall, just because that was a, one of the most impressive stories about climbing and being outdoors in a different country under crazy circumstances that I don't, I don't know, could be replicated in stories. So, so yeah, I was, I've got something to say about each one of those uh, comments. And one is that uh, Valley Uprising, they didn't think that El Capitan could be climbed. And said it was impossible. And it took the first guy 18 months to climb El Capitan. But once they realized it was possible, then it, it, it became a much shorter uh, deal to do it. And until, until you're right, at the end, people are free soloing it now in a matter of, of hours. And so you go from 18 months to hours because now you know that something is possible. And so I think that that says a lot about our, our mindset. And if we, if we believe we can do it, if we believe something's possible... Uh, then that it, it makes it that much easier for us. And the other is on the Don Wall with Tommy Caldwell, you're referring to when he was in another country and taken hostage, which was an incredible story in itself. But then the Don Wall refers to uh, actually part of El Capitan that had never been climbed before, even, even with ropes. And he studied that. He, he, he came down on a rope from the top and he studied that section of El Capitan, I think for seven years Seven years of learning that wall, learning where the where the finger holds and the toe holds, where those were. Can you imagine doing anything for seven years to that to that degree? I mean, studying something like that—that that is that's just crazy. No, truly inspirational, and mm -hmm. overcomes physical hardship too, and has to learn how to climb. You'll see. No spoilers here. That's right. No spoilers. All right. No spoilers on John freaking Mir. Okay. <laughs> Doc, another one I, you know, I just thought of uh, that I've been watching is uh, on HBO. It's a series called Edge of the Earth, um, action sports. It's uh, I got into it because uh, one of my favorite snowboarders, Jeremy Jones, uh, lives up in Truckee. He does all foot powered missions. They do one uh, surfing, climbing in Kazakhstan, I believe, some river rafting. So for your fans out there. Edge of the Earth is a new series that just released like a month ago on HBO. Fantastic. I'll have to check that one out. Okay. What have we not asked you? All right. Before we wrap things up, I've got just one more segment for you called What Have I Not Asked You That You're Dying to Tell Us About? What did we miss today? Any, any bit of, any, any bit of uh, inside information about yourself you want to share with the listeners? A secret. Uh, you heard it here first on the John Freaking Muir Pod. Some bit of truth about yourself. Uh, Great White Arrow, go ahead. Uh, ooh. I don't know. I kind of left it all out there. You know, I'm uh, taking up uh, co-ed softball as my new recreational sport, Let's, uh, which I'm about to leave to you for a game uh, 
we're in first place right now. Not very much help to me, but I hit dingers. So that's uh, that's kind of what I've been up to these days in my summer months. Okay, I'm expecting a future episode with a story about co-ed softball that is just as epic as the one we went through tonight. I'll try and make one for you. All right. How about you, Chester? Anything you want to share? Uh, I just started uh, training at a traditional Muay Thai fighting gym with a Thai instructor. Um, totally different than anything I've ever done in my life, and I sort of... Uh, Jumped in with both feet and what an eye. That's how it's done in Muay Thai, right? Both feet. Yeah, yeah, it, it helps. Yeah. You know, the one-footed disadvantage. Um, uh, full send. Full send. So that's you know, next mission. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it goes well for me. Okay, you, you thinking about maybe doing some professional MMA? No, no, not at all. No, no. Okay, I'm was... told to get hit in the face. I think, I think the age to stop getting hit in the face is like 23 or four. I'm like eight or nine years past that. So okay, all right. That's a wrap from the John Freakamere Studio. Any shout outs to friends and family, guys? We got the family here. So yeah, we all gangs here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if the EMT had to use your own thumb to open up your phone while you've been unconscious. The trail is the trail. Embrace the sock. legendary shows in the outdoors is on waypoint tv don't miss primo's truth about hunting wednesday nights at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment oh that's awesome don't miss thursdays with saltwater experience brought to you by golden boat lifts every thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment